Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Adrenaline in my soul. Do we actually think Cody Rhodes' adversity stuff is good, or is it a bit silly? That did not rhyme, and it, I'm yeah. so disappointed. Well, I mean, it was part two way, two things to it. A, I didn't want it to rhyme because uh, well, what's the point? Uh, well, I think you'll find that poetry doesn't have to rhyme, Dan. So <laughs> trying to put me in a box, Dan. <laughs> And two, I thought of it when two seconds were left on our <laughs> countdown timer. I suddenly thought, oh no, I don't have an intro. And then I thought, do you know what? I'll go with that. Yeah, I'm, even now I'm trying to think of what it was and I'm like, mm, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. Adrenaline in my soul, Cody's arm. Yeah, you is, tried, Luke. Is not a, yeah, but the, you are trying. Yeah, I'm, and that's it. I itred. You know, you are, you are trying. Oh, I see. Because it's, it's trying being a co-host with me. Yeah. Uh, I also failed. In that, I failed miserably to do a rhyme with Cody's arm. I was going to go fell out of its hole, but then that, that's not what happened to the arm. It might have been. No. Thanks for joining us here on The Raw Review today. This episode is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Please do click the link in the video description down below or the one that's being spammed by our moderators and download Raid Shadow Legends. Also, look, there's a QR code on screen right now. Wyatt. <laughs> he's here. He's, and he's downloading Raid he's Shadow Legends. As we speak. That's what he's been doing. Yeah, he's been playing Raid Shadow Legends. So and we've got you. a bit more on Raid uh, in a little bit. We'll do this after the first round of Ultra Chance because Raid have got something... A little bit different, a bit spicy going on at the moment. There'll Ooh. be more of that when we get into the the ad sponsor bit a bit later in the show. But please do click our link in the video description or scan this QR code that's on screen right now, uh, or the one that is being uh, spammed by our wonderful moderators. Of course, I am Luke Owen, DAD. This is the Truth Professor Dan Layton. Please do press the subscribe button. If this is your first time here, give us an ultra chat and a thumbs up and all that good stuff. And do get in your ultra chats to restalk.com forward slash support, and we'll read out all of them above the. Five US dollars. Uh, two little bits of admin. Mm. Uh, first off, thank you very much to the ultra chatter that came uh, that sent in a message <laughs> to let us know that our script instructions that we give to our editor had ended up in the actual. We did an F up. Yeah, it ended up in the not just in like 
the the description like the the video description uh but also in the actual subtitles yeah. itself i sent a screenshot of the uh of the of the ultra chat to to pete upstairs and his reply was oh hell <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thanks for the admin help and uh a uh, little bit of admin too, a little bit of uh, house business. Um, t- uh, secondly, uh, uh, t- uh, one person has pointed out mm. that in my review, I said this was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. No. It was in fact in Hershey, like the chocolate, Pennsylvania. Like that, the- that is an absolute error on my part. Yeah. I apologize to the good people of Philadelphia, but I will not apologize to the people of Hershey because your crowd sucks. Oh my God. As punishment, you should all eat the awful chocolate that your city produces. Very true. It smells oh. like, it tastes like vomit. Hershey, it tastes like feet. It tastes like it's absolute vile. Yeah. It tastes awful. like when you've not washed your ears for a bit and then you do that and go, oh, oh that's, what it, that's what it tastes yeah. like. You know, if you've been like walking for a really long day yeah. and you take your socks off yeah. and you put your finger in between your toes. Yeah. Just because you need to give it an itch or something, yeah. And sometimes you get, maybe you get a little bit of lint. From oh god, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then you maybe you just like you. Oh, oh no! It That's tastes what like a tastes fungal like. nail infection. Yep. Earlier Gross. this weekend, I was at a barbecue, and my friend's dog licked the inside of my mouth. That was a more pleasant experience than the day I ate Hershey's. It's, we are just ragging on this town, and it's their own fault. What is their own? Absolutely, because they didn't show fault. up. They did, well, actually, what's weird is they did show up, but they didn't show up vocally. But I will say they were here for the Cody. Well, who isn't? So, we're going to... I don't think there's actually going to be that much of a debate between you and I mm. on this one, but I have seen some people be a, a little bit... I, I feel like Cody's a bit Marmite sometimes. Right. Um, it's very uh, a Britishism, I suppose. Mm. Uh, but I find he's a, he is a bit Marmite. Mm. People either really like his very silly 80s, white meat baby face, blue-eyed baby the earnestness. face. The earnestness yeah. of it all. And then other people were like, no, he's overacted. Mm. It is. It's too. Like he's like a popular John Cena, mm. but who can actually wrestle? Mm. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, I think some people just really don't like that side of him. It's like, oh, when are the fans going to turn on Cody? Because right. there are. I mean, look, this shtick that he's doing really worked in the early days of AEW, mm. but like the pandemic and some of the promos he did during the pandemic, particularly one where he sort of, you know he solved racism, um, <laughs> kind of hurt a lot of his stock. So when crowds came back, they were like. I'm sick of your Homelander right. apps. Because, like, and that's the Homelander thing came from. It's like he's been presented as this babyface, but actually, deep down, pretty unlikable. Mm. And there was a lot of. I think this story on today's show was so Cody. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, the Cody levels? This was high <laughs> Cody levels. Yeah. Because it wasn't sh- Cody. It was very Cody. It was very Cody. Yeah. Like, this was so Cody. Not Cody-ish. It was Cody. <laughs> because Cody. Because Cody arrives and immediately is attacked by Brock Lesnar. Mm. And Brock Lesnar bodies him around rings, uh, around the backstage area and throws him into kegs and stuff. Mm. And then Cody is like up against this um, like metal great door thing. Mm. And he's just like, great is in the, the material. Not a, It wasn't a great door. Well, I mean, it was quite large. And he was there being like, oh no, I'm so hurt. And Brock Lesnar grabs one of these kegs and absolutely twats him in the arm yeah. with it. And Cody lets <laughs> out this like Tom and Jerry-esque yelp yeah. of like, ah! Mm. And that sets up a story for the whole show, which is that his arm's broken. He's, not, he's got a hurty arm. So he was being seen by medical mm-hmm. and Byron Saxton was trying to get an interview with him, but Cody wouldn't see anyone. Mm-hmm. Adam Pierce walked in. And later on, Brock Lesnar came out, um, about sort of like hour into the show, mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar came out and be like, 
hey, do you know Cody Rhodes? What, like, hey, Hershey, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. And he said, look, Cody's not medically clear to compete at Night of Champions now, so I'm going to issue an open challenge. Who wants to fight me at the pay-per-view? Great, great little bit of healery by there. Also, I particularly like his healery when Ali was trying to cut oh, God, his promo. he fobbed him off completely, yeah. <laughs> Brock Lesnar walked past Ali doing this promo and just looked at him and went, get a life, kid. <laughs> Which, like, not no. And then Cody comes out, arm in the sling, mm. and he's just doing his little, like... I'm Cody Road. I've got a tough face. And he did a little stomp down to the ring. Mm. And he takes off the sling and he goes to fight Brock Lesnar. But Brock Lesnar, Kimura, immediately mm. locks the Kimura in, breaks the arm further. Cody refuses all form of medical attention. Mm-hmm. Backstage, doctors are trying to get in. A referee tells Adam Pierce he won't let any doctors mm-hmm. see him. He's refusing all medical attention. He won't let anybody in the room. And Adam Pierce is like, all right, I'll think of something. Mm. And then we later see Adam Pierce. He's on the phone. On the phone. On the phone. And I was like, who could he possibly... Who are you going to call? Who could you possibly be calling... Trips Busters. ...at this hour? And he calls Trips Busters. Yeah. Uh, although I suppose that would mean that they're trying to bust Trips. Who would be the Trips Buster? It's a shame they weren't Ghost Hunters. Because he could be... So oh. he calls Triple H. <laughs> oh, you're having, a, you're having a good show, Dan. I've been reaching. I've been reaching all evening. So he calls Triple H. Yeah. The main event, the last thing that happened on this show mm. was Cody Rhodes. He wouldn't let anyone in his locker room, but he will let a camera crew in to, to film this conversation. So WWE, like, you know, I'm, I'm suspend your disbelief. I, I know. I'm being snarky <laughs> but for the also, sake of snark, but yes. it's it's a bit of like, you know, Tom Campbell of Cultaholic. Yeah. There were there was a photographer taking photos of Cody's beatdown. And yeah. he had this character like, Cody, someone help me. And the photographer would be like, just a second. <laughs> in walks Triple H. Mm. And Triple H, because he's Triple H and knows everything, says, Look, I know why you're refusing medical attention. Mm. It's because if you get medical attention, you know that you won't be cleared. And if you're not cleared, then you cannot wrestle Mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar at Night of Champions. And so I've got to come in. I've got to step in here. Cody cuts this earnest promo about how he's got to do this. Look at all I've been through. What would you do in this situation? You know, and I think that's quite nice playing up the history that Brock Lesnar broke Triple H's arm mm-hmm. with the Kimura back in their terrible WrestleMania <laughs> feud that they had. Remember how bad that was? <laughs> that match was awful. Yeah, it wasn't good. And, you know, it's talking about like, it's like, oh, you know, you've done worse. You've wrestled with bigger injuries than this. You've got to let me do this. And in the end, Triple H's like, all right, kid. Even though we're roughly the same age. All right, kid. We are the same age. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm being 20 years on it, no? 10? <laughs> Yeah, they look about the same. <laughs> and um, whoa, whoa! So, uh, my, it's, how, it's how youthful Triple H looks. Oh, okay, with I, was, his, with I his, thought you were calling Cody old. No, with his big Obadiah state yeah. looking. Yeah. yeah. And Triple H basically, like the end of the show was like, yeah, cool. Mm. Ma- the match is on, and off he walks. So I can see why someone would think, "My oh, God, this is silly. Mm. It's so earnest." And as I put in the thumbnail. It's very cheesy. Mm. So, so cheesy. I kind of loved it. So did I. Yeah, I absolutely adored it. I have to say, um, well, first of all, I mean, my first levels were off the chain through the course of the evening, as you'll know. But we, we not least did I love it because we started with Cody in full suit. Then gradually over the course of the evening, he undressed. Like it was like every time we saw him, he was wearing a little bit less. And yeah. it was like, okay, well, I see what we're going for here. Um, but 
I found this closing segment in particular. I, I, I generally have found Raw a bit of a slog this week. It was a go-home show. It was kind of... And 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 famously in this era, these go-home shows kind of amount to a, a lot of nothing. We got an awful lot of what I felt were the same segments. Byron Saxon stood outside a door going, nobody wants to talk to me. Oh, Adam Pearce, please talk to me. I'm not talking to you. I can't give you anything. Going, going, going. So then when we got this final sort of tableau moment, I was like... I instantly sort of stopped myself and lent in and I put an extra headphone in and made sure I was closed off from everything around so that I could take in what was going on because I find this particularly fascinating because Cody and Triple H, since Cody has returned to the company, if I'm not mistaken, haven't shared much screen time. Have they shared any screen time? That's my question. I didn't want to be so bold as to say they haven't been on screen together, in, uh, certainly not in this Proximity, because Trips obviously was on the Raw after Mania. Gave a little to, hug to Roman, yeah, yeah, to say you're like, hey, Roman's great, and then mm -hmm. three weeks later, be like, Roman's terrible, and yeah. that's why we have a new belt. Yeah, uh, but I, Cody came out later in that segment. There was no yeah. trip stuff. There. I'm sure the chat will correct me if I. I I'm going to suggest that this was one of a, a, a. This was a rare occurrence. This hasn't happened much, and yet these two are so interwoven because Triple H, for all his, um, you know, good and bad is sort of the face of the modern WWE. Even when Vince was very much still 100% in charge and we all knew it, the idea was Triple H running NXT, Triple H. So to the point where when AEW began and Cody had his his entrance with destroying the throne. The throne smashing, yeah. We didn't destroy a, a, anything that Vince has, did he? He destroyed something Triple H had, you know? And it's, it's this idea that AEW was a competitor to NXT and then NXT gets put up to... So... You know, th this they is, thought they could win. Oh, absolutely! But it feels like this sort of like you know, and, and we know that that comes from a place of Cody kind of idolized Triple H in a way. Like he 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 talked about it. He said he's one of my favorites. And then we do have uh, Cody. He did, he did say that after he went well, back. This is to what WWE. I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Afterwards, he was like, look, and I can but I can understand that as well because we had also in the in the in the Cody lore in the Cody verse we have Triple H saying to Cody, everyone has a part to play. And your part is this part. And Cody said, that's not the part I want to play. So I'm going to go off and I'm going to change the industry. You know, that's that's part of this law that we have between these two people. Yes, he came back to the company and I'm sure there's a PR element because Cody is nothing if not a professional. But Cody basically said, you know, I, I, I look up to Triple H so much. And then when we have a his anecdote of at that WrestleMania, he had a moment with Triple H where Triple H kind of gave him a, a little leg up kind of thing and said, like, I, I, you know, I, I'm glad to have you here and I can't wait to see what we're going to do and all this stuff. I can't wait to not put the title on you. Okay. <laughs> well, he was retired at that point. You couldn't even put him over in a... He didn't even take him to a 50-minute time limit draw. Let's be honest. Triple H would not have put him over. Oh, they would have loved to go to a 60-minute Broadway. Oh, Are you kidding me? They, if you could pick two wrestlers... They would have loved to do a 60-minute match. That would have been so boring. So boring! But it, so and it would have boring. ended in a draw. And it would have been hilarious. And um, Triple H would have been the one who looked like the winner at the Yeah, end absolutely. Of absolutely. And, and like Cody would have been thrilled about it. I've, I've seen his Iron Man match with Rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, like, he pins oh. The Rock so many times in that match. The Rock doesn't pin him as much no um but anyway point being they have this this history together they have this law together they have this connection uh, in so many different ways both in canon and out of canon and i think that having them together on screen in this moment where we also know triple h had that same kind of he had his, his quads injury and he left and came back as the game and things like that we've known that he's wrestled through injuries before he's done like the, the, the quad tear mm. like he tore his quad twice yeah. in two different matches but still finished, finished the, the match. match and then like you know tore his tit yeah. in, the, in, in the brother's instruction finished match. the match like, like finished the match he, and he, that match was like half an hour he gets it and I think what's also interesting is if you want to go a little bit extra meta on top of it is that Triple H 
has the same kind of anxieties that Cody's having. Triple H's anxiety was that he wouldn't be the top guy. If you no, want to, well, why do you think he held so many people down? He, he, he like politics. Oh, that's I see my what you're point. Saying. Like we can't like look. That that's I don't necessarily believe this. I'm a, I'm a massive Triple H stan. But if if the general consensus in the internet wrestling community, which it is, is that Triple H held people down to keep himself on top because of a deep insecurity because he wasn't as good as everyone around him, and he wrestles these 30, 40 minute boring matches. Well, then there's something kind of interesting in the idea that he recognizes that fear that Cody has that if I don't fight through this, no one's going to respect me. If I don't fight through this, I'm not going to get my opportunities again. I need to. I can't be a coward. And it's why he Cody did not like the word afraid. Cody really rejected that word afraid because he was said, I know, I know you're scared. No, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. No, I know what you're scared of because I have that same thing too. I loved this kind of dynamic of like, you know, wise man uh, elder wise man probably isn't the right one because paul Heyman exists but like elder triple h seeing himself in cody who is also this slave to the history of wrestling this this absolute he loves the history of wrestling in the same way that triple h does and i just i don't know i found it to be such a compelling and fascinating pair on screen in this little moment and then the moment where cody's just like right i'm doing it there's nothing you can do about it and he gives him a little pat and it, it was fatherly almost and this man who who was part of the team that invented AEW. I always like to say he invented AEW because he kind of, kind of did. He's one of the EVPs. He's, He's what, like, you know, all in was him and the, the Bucks. I was going to say, were it not for him and all he sort of did, Co it would look the way it does. Absolutely. Well, Cody pushed indie wrestling right. to all in. Yeah, exactly. And I saw, and so I think he's the one who played, like he was the one who responded to the tweet. Yeah. Like it was, it was his thing of like, I'll take that bet. And, 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 the other thing with that, I mean, I mean, Triple H using NXT as creating himself a super indie kind of thing and reminding us what great wrestling looks like, you know, pat himself on the back for it. But like, he, bear in he, mind, he always thought that style was awful. Sure, but he gave, but like, point being, he gave it a platform. And the idea that these two people who, in separate companies with separate ways, gave wrestling a rebirth in a way, squaring off together and having this conversation, I just found it such compelling television. Like, I've been binging Succession. And it's the same kind no of thing. Spoilers. Of, no, no spoilers at all. But I'm, it's the same kind of thing where I can't help but I'm fascinated by how these two people are going to interact. And I would love to see more of it. And I get that, like you say, I get why people might say it was cheesy. I get yeah. why people might say that it was a little bit too much. But that's who Cody is. That's, that's kind of my point. And Triple H is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think I even said this on the Mania live stream reactions that Cody is perfect at the matches that Triple H thinks he can do. Yes. But Triple H has never been able to do mm. the style of match that he wishes he could do. Yeah. That Cody is a five-star master mm. at. I, I found it to be a very compelling, uh, just because of like, outside of, you know, the, the bigger picture stuff, in sort of like small individual kayfabe things, Triple H has got the exact same history with Brock that Cody has got with the broken arm and the Kimura and mm. all this sort of stuff. So that was quite nice. Not only that, but also Triple H doing the three matches where he took, you know, what should, but did put him on the shelf for a yeah. long time, but he still finished the match. Mm -hmm. And Cody being like, well, you did it, so why can't I? And Which I, is also interesting because it's the, that's the, the benefit of the elder going like, hang on, this actually put me on the shelf yeah. for a while. I don't want that for you. Absolutely. And the young guy being like, no, I don't care. You did it. Yeah. Why can't I do it? So I, I liked it from that sense, but I did at the end of it. Like I had this sort of like big smile on my face because I'm like, that is pure cheese. Yeah. Like it is, it's cheese on cheese with an extra topping of cheese. Mm. Like it is it's such cheesy television, but that is what you have Cody for. This is what Cody excels at. Mm. Cody is a cheesy baby face wrestler mm. that remarkably 
works in 2023 because like when they were Absolutely. doing when they were doing the blue-eyed baby face thing with john cena mm. the crowd rejected it wholesale mm. kids liked it because kids are idiots and they'll just they'll just cheer whatever you tell them to cheer but the adults that were actually the, the predominant portion of the audience were like boo this man this is rubbish he's not a good promo his matches are really bad his punches are terrible his work rate's awful this and the other and his storylines were just like oh saccharine nonsense mm. and it was always like overcome the adversity overcome the adversity overcome the adversity but there has been a shift in more recent times that cody's now doing all the exact same things just with better work rate that's the crucial part and i wonder if that is the crucial part i think that more than anything and else this crowd love him because this I, crowd like when he showed up this crowd went ballistic this crowd did not pop oh, for a yeah. lot on this show yeah but they loved cody rhodes mm. and whatever it is that he is doing it just connects with the audience in the way that nobody else could mm. you could not give this material to anyone else on the roster and they would not get it over if you go this to seth rollins the crowd would boo it. It's interesting. It's, it's what happened with him with The Fiend. It's interesting that you brought Seth Rollins into this, because we'll talk about him later on in the show. But my note that I wrote down about him in that moment was something that I, I think kind of illustrates this point. I think it's the conviction of it. I think it's that Cody believes the Cody-verse story. Absolutely. To 100% degree. And if he believes it, he has the skill and the talent and the commitment and the in-ring talent as well as the, as the performance talent to make us believe it as well. I think that's where John Cena was always, I think a brilliant promo. I think John Cena was always, um, you know, gave, I, I don't think it was very good, but he gave it everything. Like, you know, was, he was always given bad material, given bad material, bad like, material that he delivered unconvincing. And it was, and it was super Cena for a reason. Like he was pushed in that way. And it, and it was something that as fans, we rejected because his work wasn't up to scratch. If you go back and look, and I've been playing the showcase mode on secret 23, which includes clips of the actual matches you see him put on an STF and you're like, Oh my God, you, you're not even touching that it, guy's neck. Not even trying. There's no look. There's no yeah. pressure. You're you're hurting yourself more than you're hurting him with yeah. the stretch you're doing. He's got the worst punches of any. And the five guy, moves so. of doom, and it was always very predictable. The five knuckle shuffle sucks. That's yeah. why it didn't work. I think one of the the irony of this whole storyline being like Cody's arm is broken. Will he be able to make it to the match? Is that one of the makings of Cody was pulling off a match of that quality in a Hell in a Cell with his arm hanging off. So the idea that he's going to go to um, now champions and beat Brock Lesnar with a broken freaking arm is part of his sort of law now. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Totally. I find and, and I think that he's this once in a generation talent, even when he was in AEW. And this is why I, I hate the whole tribalism and you're an AEW shill and you're a WWE shill and you and like you have to pick one or the other. The shows do different things. They both are pro wrestling shows, but WWE is that kind of like high camp, sometimes very cheesy, very earnest PG stuff. And AEW is far more of the gritty, grounded, in the WCW vein it, of stuff. It kind of went like almost Cody stuff. Sometimes it was, people called it the Cody verse for a reason. Right. It, it was this little pocket universe within, like that never seemed to interact with anyone yeah. else. And then people just got sucked into the Cody verse, and they would eventually leave. It's why I, but it, it did feel different to everything else on the show. It's why I see him kind of as a bridge between the two because he he wrestled in that style that does I think work in AEW, and he, or, you've got countless matches that he had there to point to mm -hmm. as evidence of that but he also is a storyteller in the best vein of every wwe babyface that has been top of the company i think he's an exceptional talent and i think that's what it takes to pull off this level of cheese and i think yeah. it's, i thought it was brilliant as a result someone actually just pointed out in the uh the comments there which i hadn't even thought of you know we've been talking about cena roman 
Yeah, the great example. Roman is the other guy. They gave Roman all of the same stuff they gave yeah. Cena, and the crowd rejected it yeah. wholesale. But they're giving the exact same stuff to Cody Rhodes, and we lap it up because mm. Cody can do it. Cody's Cody Cody's really really good at doing this. And Another, in the same way that Austin, yeah. sorry, sorry, in the same way that Austin took off because he gave us something to see in ourselves, right? Austin took off because he was sticking it to the man. He was he was the anti-hero. He was the redneck. He was he was the the, the different. Uh, the, the square peg in the round hole of the, that era. It was just cool. And it was just cool. And then we all wanted to be, when you got the Vince McMahon character, the Mr. McMahon character, we all wanted to slap our boss at the time. You know, I mean, I didn't, I was a child. But the story that like That's the, 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 yeah, the, 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 yeah, the story that we, historians have put on. Is, this, the, yeah. is that fans at home loved the idea of being, you know, sticking it to the boss and putting your middle finger up to the boss. Cody has had he that. It's why he was cool. Yeah, also that. But like the adversity thing of Cody is that he's had that. We we've all felt like we didn't fit, or that the people told us that we were going to be a certain thing and we wouldn't be that. One of the reasons that I love Cody so much, and I'm a genuine, earnest, honest fan of Cody in that way, is that he didn't take the position he was offered. And he said, I'm better than this, and I'm standing up for myself, and I'm gonna make it happen, and I'm gonna make you bank on me. And did. And because that's so real because that happened, because that's something that we remember in our recent history, he's a fucking star, do you know? He does feel like an absolute star. Like, particularly on, in WWE, he feels like a, above a lot of other people he on this show. He wasn't the pick. Something Seth says as well about being the guy yeah, who never we'll pegged get, to be. We'll you want to talk about not being pegged as the guy to be put on top? Cody freaking Rhodes. It's, it's amazing. He does feel bigger than the, the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Like yeah. his match with Brock does feel bigger than the World Heavyweight Championship mm. match between Seth and AJ, which does feel a little mid-card mm. in kind of in a way. There was another comment that the chat brought up that I, I do want to, we'll briefly touch upon because we do have to get into the Ultra show stuff <laughs> and the rest of the show. Although, I mean, this, was, this was a huge chunk of the show. Yeah. So we have covered quite a lot of this. But there's a comment that left in the chat that kind of caught my eye that I wanted to, to bring up. Does this work and does this earnest work if he's champion? Has he won at WrestleMania and still done this storyline with Brock? Does this storyline still work as the undisputed WWE champion? That is a really interesting point. And I would need to sit and think with that for a while because I think that part of it is, again, another reason that we've bought into him is because he was denied the thing that we all, I think, felt that he deserved in like you deserve it doesn't mean anything but for cody i think it did and i think that we we feel that we feel for him in that same way we and 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 it's the adversity is almost like a, a meme at this point but there's some there's a nugget of real in that when we talk about the real life adversity of oh, he's not got his moment yet that's a really interesting point i hadn't even thought of that neither that i think it is um yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting thing. I mean, if, if, if Mod Mother is there, let's just do a quick poll. Mm. Does this character work if he's champion? Mm. Yes or no? Because I'm just I'm very curious to I'm kind of get sure. a, bit of, a bit of a reader from I mean, our audience on that one. I can understand it almost then being in terms of like, we need to protect you because you're our champion and you're our figurehead, so we can't have you, um, uh, you yeah. can't have you wrestling injured or anything like that. But but like, it would it make him look like a weak champion to to? I mean, I wouldn't. Have, gone down a, a, a long program with brock if he was the champion but yeah it's it, it, it i i'm loath to suggest that they're that they're that this is the the result of let it play out because i don't think it is no but, it's not you know what an interesting what an interesting thought it is interesting. the poll is now up so uh please do let us know what you think of that by clicking the poll above in the live chat
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Let's see what you thought of this, uh, this whole Cody situation. And is Cody cheesy? Is this whole adversity thing good or is it a bit silly? Uh, let us know. Wrestle.com forward slash support. We're going to read out all of them above the five US dollars. And Charles Berg kicks off to say, welcome to the big time, bitch. Woof. woof. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll oh, talk about I, I that. I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, it was a killer line right there. Also, the Cody segment was cheesy, but that's fine. Wrestling is kind of cheesy. But I don't mind. That'd be like eating fondue, but only having an issue with how cheesy it is. Jam that jam. Do, are you of the mind that things can be over-cheesed? Yes, I think they can do. I think some of Cody pushed things too far in... Oh, I just in, meant food. Oh, yeah, even then. Mm. I, I, so my wife loves mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a mac and cheese kind of guy, yeah, though. Yeah. I find, like, I don't like a cheese sauce. It was intended to be a side dish. What cheese? Um, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Well, yeah, I yeah. believe that's what the the Americans have with uh, Thanksgiving. That right? Yeah. Well, might, might well just have it as a main. Have a lot of stuff. Um, but like, I I don't like a cheese sauce. I don't like uh, cheesy cauliflower, mm. cauliflower and cheese. Mm. I when we used to when I was a student, I never ordered cheesy chips. Mm. Oh, that's wrong. So I just get chips and gravy. Cheesy chips. Well, you have both. <laughs> put your hands together but point being sometimes in life you can have food that is too cheesy yeah you can do things in in storylines and in films and tv that is too and, cheesy. and i think cody did that in aew like yeah. you know a few people there in the chat's been like Look, i think aew fans turned on cody wwe fans will as well i don't think they will i think mm. it's a very different audience in wwe i don't see them turning on cody the same way that aew fans because aew fans basically at one point just said like i, I think we've had enough of this 
But also it then just became a meme. Mm. It was like, well, we, you've got to boo Cody because that's the thing that we do. Well, this is a problem I have with groupthink and fandom in general, which is the idea of like, you know, we all jump on this idea, so we'll boo it because it's, it's the thing it's, that's well, done. It's not, it's not the thing that's done. It's the fun thing to do. Right. And that's a very like indie Going like, into wrestling. Going for itself. It's a very indie wrestling fan mindset of just like, well, this is the fun thing to mm. do and we're having fun doing it. And that's why I find it even more uh, uh, worth talking about and pointing out and highlighting and praising because when something earnest like like this breaks through that kind of attitude like that kind of um the the idea of the fun thing to do is to be we're too cool for this they like i mean triple h always liked the idea of the of the the gray area there's no face and heel everything is a bit because it's cooler if you're in the middle right so when something which is, which is so stupid because everyone on this show is a defined face or right hell. but like when you when you when you break through that and you give us something proper earnest you give us something proper white meat baby face and it works it's even more impressive and i do think there is a shelf life Some people here being like and now apparently i hate cheese oh yeah you do hate cheese famously like i like cheese no no luke hates I cheese i put cheese on on my pasta i will have i mean someone just said luke must really hate lasagna this is something you brought up earlier i love a lasagna i make a good lasagna but you like cheese on lasagna is more the the, the point no 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 cheese goes on a lasagna but brian suggested um uh, brian children oh, suggested right. that um uh, cheese on a lasagna makes it a cake like a cheesecake oh and i was so like what are you talking i was gonna about? say i thought you were saying cheese doesn't belong in lasagna and i was like eh, i'm pretty sure it, yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure it would do yeah um but you know and someone said like oh do you not like pizza mm. i love pizza i didn't say i hate cheese so like, i love this idea that you at any point suggest something well and it I means you you, this, you don't yeah. like anything well the, okay so th- <laughs> this has happened famously on this channel has fa- happened twice I said The Dark Knight is a good movie. Right. So now everyone assumes I hate The Dark Knight because I didn't say it's the best Batman movie ever. <laughs> I think it's a three-star movie. And the other one is um, the the when WWE did the Matt Hardy deletion mm-hmm. match. And I said, oh, I, th- I thought it was fine. Everyone thought, oh, Luke hates it. Luke hates everything. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I thought it was fine. It's like, I think it's three out of five. I know Luke very, very well, and I can confirm that Luke likes nothing but Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> That's the only thing Luke likes. Oh, and Kevin Nash. And Kevin Nash, yeah. of course. Uh, Valor Mamadapudi has been a member for 24 months in a row, says, my friends, we've known each other a long time. We've been wrestling fans for even longer. No such thing as too cheesy, especially with Cody. Mm. Hector Rodriguez has been a member for 16 months in a row said if this was too cheesy where are the nacho chips I'll eat it up yeah 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 I agree Jake WTW cheesy as it may be I kind of like the Cody story I felt like a callback to some of the things of the past Brock breaking Taker's arm mm. in there for you and also the real life story of Danielson arguing with Triple H when he stopped his matches due to injury yeah I really like this I mean I forgot about I forgot about both of those so were you bringing that up was a thing where I was like oh yeah uh, so no I, 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 I yeah 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 <laughs> Little brain melt there. I'm just gonna just uh, we'll address this one just quickly. BM Whitehouse, going by Luke's logic from last week, Ali is Brock's Money in the Bank <laughs> or SummerSlam feud, isn't he? <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to work out if that's serious your, or not. It's not serious. Your logic, your logic from last week was that because um, oh, I know what my set, logic was. setting up the feuds and yeah. the idea that that Brock had a moment with Ali. We're gonna get a few. Oh. Wouldn't you want to watch it? I mean, I would watch that match. <laughs> uh, also, if you could, guys could provide a gimmick for a current Raw star, that uh, what would it be and for who? I'd give Mark Henry's Hall of Pain gimmick to Bronson Reed. That's a good, that's a good question. One. Yeah. Um, if I could write a gimmick for a current Raw superstar, Kurt Angle for Chad Gable. Yeah, that's a good one. But like, I'm talking like when he gets a bit like uh, the belt on Gable. 
This uh, episode is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Please do click the links in the video description down below, or the ones that are being spy uh, sparred, spammed by our moderators. Don't just take it from me. Take it from me. This episode of the WrestleTalk Podcast is sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. But not just any Raid Shadow Legends. An animated limited series based on Raid Shadow Legends. Raid Call of the Arbiter is available to watch right now in Raid Shadow Legends and is giving fans exactly what they've been asking for for years now. More story, more lore, more glimpses into the game world of Raid Shadow Legends. And because Raid Shadow Legends are really showing off some cool new things right now, I have invested in AI. I've invested in LukeBot GBT to tell us more about this. You suck. Luke, huh? new episodes drop every Thursday at 10 a.m. ET. If you like awesome animation and dark fantasy adventure, check out Raid, Call of the Arbiter in Raid, Shadow Legends. Plus, they're doing loads of cool player-friendly events and content drops to celebrate. Like what? Don't interrupt me, you mindless human. There's 75 new character lore biographies, in-game events, and the chance to get on the characters from the show as a playable legendary character for free. This is a lot of cool stuff for Raid fans old and new. And if you are one of those new people, now is a great time to get involved by clicking our link in the video description down below or scanning the QR code on screen right now for cool, insane bonuses. Like Epic Champions. Now who's interrupting? Your hair smells of eggs. Or at least it would do if you had any hair, ha 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 ha. That hurts my feelings. Yes, epic champions like Artak, who is featured in the show, and you can get him for free by logging into Raid for seven days between now and July 24th. And if you're a new player and use our link or scan the QR code, you can get epic champion Knight Errant from the Banner Lords faction. Scan the QR code on screen right now to get involved with Raid Shadow Legends and watch Raid Call of the Arbiter. Raid that raid so there you go that is a word from us here our sponsor please do click the link in the video description down below right shall we get on with the rest of this episode i think it's important that we do so uh, this was an odd opening segment for Mm, uh, this show so Paul Heyman is, sound superstar Paul Heyman is in the ring and he says I had nothing to do with that Brock Lesnar attack on Cody Rhodes perhaps essentials for foreshadowing maybe he does and then he says at Night of Champions it's going to be Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa defeating Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the Undisputed Tag Team Championships so then Kevin and Sami come out and Heyman disappears and Kevin and Sami say it's weird that Heyman's not here anymore and then Sami says I mean, I said everything I need to say on SmackDown. And then Kev was like, well, I dedicate the match to the Usos. Anyway, Imperium. And this was the point I was making last week about how this match doesn't feel like it actually matters. No, it was a very odd, odd, odd thing. The whole thing. Where did Heyman go? Why was not Heyman there for one, the promo? One shot of Heyman walking up the ramp even to be like, I didn't want to be in the ring with them, you know, like, or, or, or. I've said everything I wanted to say. Well, then why? Like, what? I, uh, it, it very much gave the feeling of that. You remember when we were watching Raw and we were like, this doesn't make any. Uh, the, do you remember when we watched Raw? The Raw After Mania. I, I forget. When we were watching the Raw After Mania live and we were like, this bit, this just sort of 
feels like it's just sort of happened. There was a lot of stuff where it just felt like that didn't make any sense and that settled nothing. And then Seth Rollins came out and then left. Mm. Like, it gave me the same energy as that. I was like, what? What's happening? Okay. Okay, I guess we're doing Imperium now. Um, and that's when I wrote down, we're definitely in a go-home show, Toto. Because famously, over the past several uh, months, those haven't been a thing. No. Um, it's actually, A good thing. It, it is interesting, actually. Like, I was checking online, and I, I saw quite a lot of people were really down on uh, this episode of Raw. Like, you know, uh, JD from NY said that this was, like, the second worst Raw of the year. Mm. And, like, uh, Denise on the FIFA Post show was, uh, was also really down on this. I thought it was, like, of a similar quality the Raw always is. I think it's Raw, interesting. Raw is always just, like, at this little mid-level. Mm. There's just, like, some segments that are great, some segments that are sort of below average, and they just sort of like average each other out to just be like this consistently mid show. I think I've, I felt I was quite down on it as well. I think a large part of that, though, has to do with, first of all, the crowd being. I, I, I was like, it's bold of this episode of Raw to be produced from a library. It felt that like did it. Make me laugh. Um, and then also. Um, I nearly stole it from my review. <laughs> but um, also there was a lot of repetitiveness. So that mixture of like silent crowd, no crowd energy. And, and we do at home feed off the energy of the crowd. If the crowd are hot for something, it'll make you, it makes the wrestling more exciting because the wrestlers are, sorry, the wrestlers are feeding off the crowd, which then at home gives us a better experience. That wasn't present. There was a lot of repetitive stuff. So it, it, exas- ex- it exposed the sort of mid nature of Raw hmm. these days. And I personally think that the acceptance that Raw is inherently mid is what keeps it mid if you go like yeah it's just this is just fine it's just fine well then it's gonna be just fine forever demand more (laughs) i I did very much enjoy in this though the uh kevin owens dedicated their win at night of champions to the usos yeah because a nice little bit of healery because roman has dedicated his match uh dedicated the match to afro and seeger so i thought that was quite nice Mm. that was a nice little touch then imperium came out and as we theorized last week as we predicted matt riddle Mm -hmm. ran down to make the Mm -hmm. save because matt riddle is being set up for walter's ic title match Sorry, Gunther's IC title match. I, you know, I've I've said nothing with the Ali thing last week and a couple of other things, but this just it highlights how pointless the match is because right. that's not an actual storyline that we're telling. We're just we're telling this storyline over here, instead. and we didn't even get, we'll get to it. And um, this was actually so there were a lot of reported changes to this show. Mm. So uh, worked wrestling had one of the original rundowns of the show, mm-hmm. which was it was going to be Nakamura mm-hmm. as the uh, third person in the trio oh, match, okay. and it was going to be Finn versus Matt Riddle. He'd also like they'd also written down that it was Apollo Cruz versus Dominic Mysterio. So some some things on there were completely right, but also there's going to be a JD McDonough mm-hmm. match that Finn was going to watch, and that got scrapped. There were quite a few changes throughout the show, and Sean Rossap over at Fightful Select said that they've had numerous different rundowns and yeah. like run-throughs and stuff. And one wrestler insinuated to him, Vince is just changing things. Right. And, this, and like a lot of, so the sort of the feeling about this show is that it was very much a Vince is changing things show of mm. Raw. And so lots of various different things changes here. So although we predicted that it was going to be Matt Riddle in this position, mm-hmm. by all accounts, he wasn't the original plan. It was going to be Nakamura. Which is interesting, because often Vince changed things to a lack of logic, but the idea there, I mean, it makes sense for Riddle to I mean, be... It, it makes more sense for it to be Riddle than it does Nakamura. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, the other and, person and would have been Ali. We can save Nakamura for, for Gunther for later. Like, yeah. You know. I mean, Ali's so, the more obvious choice because they have a match this weekend. Yes, no, I agree. That would have been there. Smart. But they're telling a very different story with uh, Ali, which we'll get to in a little bit. Mm. Um, the, the the silence of the crowd was really felt during Ricochet versus Bronson Reed. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I let, that's where I first read it. Because I, I looked at the size of the crowd. The, the general rule of thumb with TV, I think I've said this before, is if you have the crowd, you will show them. And they did do a lot of wide shots of the crowd. And I was even checking for the darker bits by the uh, stage uh, left of the... I think it's the, I can never get that right. Um, but the bit, the off, the hard camera side. And there were still a number of people there as well. They just were quiet. Very quiet. But uh, both men put in a lot of effort they here. They did. And uh, I think giving Reed like a bump machine, like Ricochet, yeah. and the speed, it, it highlights his speed and agility as well. I think they had a good match. Very, just, I thought it was a very good match. There's very little reaction yeah. to it. Uh, and Reed won with the tsunami. He did. And I think this, is, this builds quite nicely to us doing Reed versus Braun Strowman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good you idea. Know, like, do, you know, the two beefy lads then yeah. going at it uh, after squashing the much smaller one. Let's have a beefy match at SummerSlam. Kathy Kelly interviewed Apollo Crews, who said he, like, returning to Raw, it's Apollo Crews. I was like, he returned last week. He did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is now the third segment where people are like, can't wait to see you return to Raw after he's already returned he to Raw. He, he came back last week and he was in a match. Uh, anyway, Dom and Rhea interrupted because Rhea was going to be getting interview time next. Yeah. But she was like, no, I'm just going to do my interview now. Mm-hmm. She challenged Natalia to a match at Clash of no, Night of Champions. Uh, I care as much about that name as I do this match. Uh, and <laughs> Cruz was upset that they interrupted his interview and a match was made between him and Dominic for later. This made no sense and was very oddly staged, but I really like the color orange. I didn't mind it. We got our first of two sit-down interviews with Seth Rollins because he's been a big movie star at the moment, shooting Captain America, America. New, 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 new World Order, and he, uh, which means that he wasn't here for two weeks. It was hilarious then that he was like, problem with Roman is that he's not here for the fans. And I also feel like making it about Roman at any point is, is just silly. Well, it, it's it, an impossible feud. It like, feels like we're building title versus title. Or is, we're building to Seth winning the belt off of Roman. Which is like, well, yeah, exactly. So pick one. Pick a lane. Yeah. Who's I, lane? Okay, but what I did like here is that it talked about how his history with AJ Styles and how yes. they had a match way, 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 way back when. Really nice. Where in NWA No Limits, mm. where AJ and Tyler Black had a match and afterwards AJ said like, that man right there's a future of wrestling. Which is such a cool little bit of wrestling Great. history and have I the archive really footage like, yeah and i and i and it does give credence to the idea that if this belt does go on seth it's not just inevitable he's worth it you know he's someone who's been putting on these banger matches for years you know and aj's given in that stamp of approval as well so like yeah it was it was a lovely touch i really like this uh balor and priest cut a backstage promo on shinsuke nakamura because it was balor and nakamura later in the show and they just kept their little plate spinning mm. but they pinned the tag champions next week because like just what a, a sky, like <laughs> the match this week doesn't matter because we're, we're this is the feud we're doing instead you wait till my predictions um i feel like <laughs> i spent more time with this promo looking behind them for an easter egg i don't know if you did this <laughs> But like there was I was well like all right what's in like, the background I was like keeping an eye peeled you know it's quite dark maybe there's going to be Uncle Howdy but I was oh, no QR code yeah person. yeah yeah um, so I I couldn't tell you what they said <laughs> uh, speaking of silence Candice LeRae took on Zoe Stark this actually was more silent than the the Bronson Reed match yeah I am high on Zoe Stark I like Zoe Stark a lot I think that promo was pretty cool it put her over as an athlete like someone who's like in great physical condition. Um, the idea of a Zoe Stark Candice LeRae match was one that I was really looking forward to, and then what happened? Zoe Stark locked in a rest hold for ages. It almost immediately, like they did a few moves, and then Zoe was, I was like, rest hold. Yeah, and we're just gonna keep this rest hold here for a little bit longer, even yeah. though we've been resting for approximately 
35 seconds, mm -hmm. rest hold City, and then out came Nikki Cross to cheer on Candice LeRae. Candice uh, did a dive to take out Zoe Stark, and Nikki got too excited and hugged Candice LeRae. And in the middle of this celebration, Zoe Stark uh, pushed her into the stairs and hit the Z360 for the win. That was a very quick match with not a lot of action and even less reaction. <sighs> Nonsense. Further, in the match, Kevin Patrick said, a little bundle of chaos and plucky poison pixie very close together. And I was cross because it's so infantilizing. This Nikki Cross character is infantilizing. Her distracting Candace with a cuddle is infantilizing. Let these people just wrestle because it was going to be a good match. Is this is when we got the Ali promo weird yeah so he just dropped his positive ali he's like i know you're gonna want me to say something positive but no but i'm not gonna do that this week um because no one believes that i can do this and like i've always dreamed of winning a championship and i've always like since i was a little kid i've always dreamed about winning a title like this and brock lesnar just walks past him and just looks at him and goes, get a life kid mm. and he walks out and ali looks sad and, and leaves this is a big 180 from what he was doing last week when we had the big over-the-top celebration with all the pyro and everything. And yeah. now he's like sad because no one thinks that he can beat Gunther. So with the lack of Ali in that match with Imperium later on, and we didn't even get a segment between Gunther and Ali last week or this week. It's because that match doesn't matter, uh, Dan, because the actual storyline is Gunther versus Ali. It's almost like, Dan, I was right last <laughs> week. It's almost as if, Dan, everything I said last week was actually correct. <laughs> Correct, and people didn't want to believe me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fine. That's we fine. spent 20 minutes arguing about this. The chat were having a pop at me, and look who was right all along. <laughs> Captain Luke, as per usual. I still don't agree with all you when it comes to the tag everyone. team feud. I don't agree with you with the tag team feud, but oh. I, this one here was was on point you're right because that's all just about the bloodline infighting as opposed <laughs> to it was actually about the, the, the match itself you're right yeah yeah you're right you're right yeah yeah, yeah. weird so weird they just fobbed him off why because it doesn't matter no, i know i know because <laughs> the match doesn't matter but, even, it doesn't, but this is this is this is where my problem with 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 and it wasn't my problem and it isn't my problem with your point it was it's the execution of it which is that like the match doesn't have to matter they can still build it like they can still be a challenge and they just didn't. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? It's like, did Vince, did Vince watch the show last week? Yeah. Or it's, you know, it's. Because that's a Vince change. I'm going to put it, I'm going to say it. That no, one I, feels like a Vince change. That, like, Pete said something in the office earlier that's really stuck with me. I don't think he's wrong, actually. Was it, was it Luke? You're right. <laughs> no, 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 he would never say that. No, Pete hates me. Um, he would never say anything like that. No, what Pete said was like, his prediction for night of champions is ali's going to be taken out before the match yeah well and, yeah and like it'll just be brock lesnar versus matt riddle and i was like oh i could actually really see that because if wait this... hang on brock lesnar versus riddle sorry um gunther versus, gunther riddle. versus riddle yeah right. um do apologize um just because like it's that is the program that they're building mm. and it also then actually furthers this Ali character of this dejected, no one believes in me character. I had a shot at the title, but I didn't even get my shot at the title because I was attacked beforehand. We have that I'm with a, Corbin. I'm a bit of a sad boy. Yeah. There's, there's a direction you could go with Ali. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. It's just it's Pete said it because Pete, we were talking about who our Joker picks are going to be for, for wrestling. Mm. And Pete was like, the Gunther seems like the most surefire bet that isn't Rhea Ripley. But I'm not putting it on Gunther. 
because there's every chance that this match doesn't actually happen mm. and it's going to be this match instead. And so I, I, I could believe that. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. Odd. We then got the Brock and Cody angle. Uh, and then we got Alpha Academy versus Viking Raiders. Now, while this was a library for most other matches, this crowd was super into Otis. But also, that's helped because there are three things in life that you can count on. Death, taxes, and Chad Gable putting on a banger. Yeah, well, yeah, but it wasn't Chad who they were cheering No, I know, for, but it? like with a combination of some really good stuff and Otis being Otis, the charisma magnet. I loved this. I really, really liked this. A, the action was very good. B, Chad Gable won. Yes, I know. Chad Gable was the one that got the pin. I know. I saw. C, the crowd were really into Otis because what he is doing is getting over. But D, this was a nice little new chapter to the storyline we've been telling. Because mm. the story we've been telling is Maxine was trying to steal Otis away from Chad and put him in maximum male models. Mm -hmm. So then Maxine starts coming out with Otis. And then we had that match a couple of weeks ago, funny enough, against Mustafa Ali, mm -hmm. where Maxine was telling Otis to do one thing, which was don't do the caterpillar. And Chad was telling him, do the caterpillar. In this match, Maxine told Otis to do the caterpillar and he did it. And then her distraction helped Chad Gable get the win. And all of a sudden, Chad and Maxine are like celebrating makes, with each other. Yeah. They're on the same page. Yeah. This is a good escalation of a story. Yeah. I, I mean, look, low expectations. It's a real low bar. But I was, I really enjoyed this. I like simple things told well. And I think this was, yeah, I think you characterized it very well. It was just a great, uh, a great little forward movement in the story. I liked it very much. Uh, Could I read you out my notes for base from here? Important that you do. Uh, Indusher cut a promo with no crowd reaction played over it, so it sounded exactly like their match last week. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Can Thank I read you, everyone. my notes about that moment? Please do. I'm finished. <laughs> so I'm going to um, I'm going to pass this one over to you okay. because you wanted to uh, you asked me this before we oh, went yes. live on air. Because up next was Finn Balor versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and I saw this graphic and went, oh. All right, well, give me that on free TV, are you? Okay, fine. And I did a little Google and checked how many times we've seen that before. And we have seen the match before, so it's not like it's a, a brand new uh, pairing that we're just getting given for free. But um, I then was watching the match and I just thought it was a bit wank. Like, <laughs> I just was like, there's a lot of missed moves and a lot of I'm going for this and I'm reversing you. And it, it just never felt like it got out of first gear. And I was like really surprised because it's Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor. And I know the meme with Shinsuke has always been that he's here for a good time, not a long time. He's just sort of surfing around and, you know, will just show up, do some moves and go home. I, I will never forgive WWE for what they've done to Shinsuke Nakamura. Well, yeah, because it doesn't feel in any way like he's a threat. Like, and you oh, know, man, you, gotta... you watch like any match that he had when he was in New Japan. And you're like, yeah, where, where's he? Where's that, Shinsuke? where's that Shinsuke? Even in NXT, like, you know, yeah. to a lesser extent, but still. And then, yeah, I just know, I just found, and I was like, I was watching this match going, am I, because sometimes it is the way where I'm like, that was really great. And some people are like, that was rubbish or, or vice versa. And I just wasn't sure with this one, whether or not I was just grumpy, but I just found the, the, the styles never really went anywhere. And it just felt like, a TV match in all the worst ways and I found that incredibly frustrating I don't want to watch Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor wrestle a TV match I don't want them to kind of run around the ring a little bit and miss some moves and go for others and then half hit like a very limp looking knee strike to the head I don't, I don't want this and it really disappointed me I, it was not the match that you would think it would be given that it was Finn Balor versus Shinsuke Nakamura yeah 
But I didn't, I didn't think it was bad. I don't think I would say it was wank. I, I thought some of the action they did was pretty good. Like it, this, the crowd did not help things. They did mm. this moment where they had a double down and like you could hear a pin drop uh, but I from think this crowd. That's probably it because when there's when they're doing reversals and it's like it's not even like a, whoa, what's it gonna be? Oh, it looks like a training exercise to me when there's no response from the crowd and there's no like heat on the match because it was completely heatless. They just went out. There was no reason for them other than something that happened on Raw Talk it, and who watches Raw Talk. But also they were in the triple threat for the the World Heavyweight Title as well. So they were. Yeah. Whoops. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It just, it just was like, it just happened. And I, and I, and I just, yeah, I just did nothing. It was a bit of a nothing match. Um, I'm but saddened it was, by that. But it was also there to basically to be, to set up Nakamura versus Priest. Mm. Cause that kind of felt like that's, that's the, that's the direction that we're going. Here. Yeah. And that's Which I'll say, watch. And I, I will absolutely watch that. And I think using this match to set that up was a, a really smart thing mm. because Damien Priest was like, you know, there was a moment when Shinsuke Mako was on the outside and did his come on thing to, to Damien Priest that was nice. And it's his distraction with Priest, like he like took him over the um, the, the barricade because he was like sick of uh, Priest's interference. Priest dragged Balor out of the ring at one point. That led to Balor hitting the shotgun dropkick outside, rolling him in the ring, hitting the coup de grace for the win. I thought it was a, a good match with a good finish, mm. but it really did deserve a better crowd. Not that I think that a, a better crowd would have been like, this is awesome yeah. for it. But they at least just would have made. They would have right. popped for it. Yeah, yeah it, just, it just did nothing for me, and I was devastated by it. I clearly was also wrong on something as well. I thought the women's the four way tag for the women's titles was on this episode of right. Raw, but they but it's next, next week. week. Next I week. thought it was this week. So that's that's my mistake. I, know, yeah. I haven't said it in a video or anything. It's just in my notes. I was like, oh, I thought it was this week. No, it's next week. Yeah. Uh, so then we got two hypers up for that. Raquel Rodriguez versus Sonia Deville. Uh, they recapped uh, Raquel getting attacked by Ronda and Shayna last week. And um, so Raquel won easily because, of course, she did. She did the same thing to Chelsea Green last week. She stamped on Chelsea Green's glasses, and I was upset because I care very deeply about sunglasses. And the commentary were like, against all adversity, she's overcome this. I was like, she did the same thing last yeah. week. Is this Raquel experiment ain't work? And speaking of the same thing. <laughs> Raquel's about to have a third potential tag team championship partner in less than a year. But at least this is what she has previously tagged with before. Right. Not, not that the commentary team know that. And I forgot. Yeah, so they were then doing this two-on-one beatdown afterwards. Green and Deville, that was. And Shotzi, who just three weeks ago had been drafted to SmackDown. Was she? Yeah, she was part of the, like, the graphics. Like She was on the show drafted to SmackDown. Was she? Yeah. I thought she was drafted to Raw. No, no, she was drafted to SmackDown. Oh, fuck, crying out loud. Runs down to make the save. There are so many women on Raw! <laughs> so, and the commentary were like, ho, 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 look at this new partnership between Raquel and Shotzi. And even backstage, Byron Saxon was like, ah, a new partnership for you. And I was like, have I gone mad? Have I made up that they were a team for a little bit? Because I was like, Raquel used to ride out on her tank and stuff. Yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to find Raquel Rodriguez and I've just searched for Raquel Rodriguez, the uh, Costa Rican footballer. So that's not her. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Raquel's on Raw. Yeah, Raquel's on Raw. I couldn't remember if, if Raquel and Liv had been drafted to SmackDown. No, they got drafted to Raw, but obviously they can be on both shows because they're yeah, the women's tag champions. But when they're not, which she's not, so she's a Raw superstar. So why isn't her tag team one of the several women that are on Raw? Because, you know, Mingy. Let's move on. <laughs> Before I start seething. <laughs> anyway, the crowd are asking, the, 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 the chat, I'm actually that bothered about this. They're arguing about whether or not people knew Nakamura before he came to WWE. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, because, yeah, anyway. Um, we then got some more Cody stuff and a video package for Matt Riddle. Kind of like some of this. We know we're just like, yeah. just playing some video package. Here's a cool thing. I like them. That's I it. like them. Works I like them. Very cool. But this was the best thing on the show. <laughs> yeah. This was awesome. Mm-hmm. The Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus contract signing. It's interesting because there was a part of it that wasn't awesome, but please go. Oh, okay. I'm curious to know what this is. So Becky comes out, big time Bex, but also the man, she's got like the weird sunglasses and stuff. Loved it. Loved it. And she comes out, doesn't go a promo, just signs the contract and she sits back. Mm-hmm. Trish Stratus. Oh God, ma- she looks so good. And Trish Stratus made her entrance and she's got this cool new entrance thing for yeah. her and it looked really, really awesome. And she walked down to the ring. She was like, oh, it's very cute that you just jumped in there and just signed that. It's probably because you've done a few of these before, haven't you? You've got to do quite a few of these contract signing things. But I've, I've never got to do one of these before. This is, this is my first contract signing I get to do on TV. And you should thank me for that. Because without the work that I did building a better women's division, you wouldn't have been able to get segments like this. And I thought, oh, that's so good. Like that, that's, that's really, really nice. And then she talks about how, you know, it's you keep talking about this badness in your head referring to me, but really it's the person you're looking at in the mirror. And then she signs the contract. And I was like, that was a great promo from Trish. Loved the presentation. Loved her reasoning. And then Becky got to cut this promo. Mm-hmm. And Becky talks about how, Trish, you're not afraid of having a match with me. You're afraid that people are going to realize you're not as good as they remember you being. Yeah which is a, a brilliant, brilliant line. And then she goes on about how, like, I I have had the career that you dreamt of having, mm-hmm. but I have nightmares about having to do the things that you had to do because Trish was, you know, on top in a period of time when women were not wrestlers. They were sex objects that were just paraded around and fulfill your fantasy matches mm-hmm. or Miller like Watson or, you know, all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff, you know, when they were just sexualized objects. And then had the ultimate line here, which is like, if you think barking like a dog is bad, just wait till what I do to you at Night of Champions. Welcome to the big time, bitch. Woof, woof. Mm. And Trish, knowing that Becky is right, mm-hmm. just left. She threw a table over. Threw the table over in like frustration because Becky's not wrong. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love the fact that they, you know, it was, it's again, it's relying that the audience have got enough of a knowledge of to know the segment that Trish did in like two thousand and one. Quite a famous segment. I think. It is a famous segment. If you, it's also especially from, on if you're online. But it's a, it's from twenty two years ago. Yeah. So if you're like watching this now and you are twenty two and you have not gone back and watched or not seen you know people talk about it, you probably don't have any idea mm. what she's talking about. But as someone who was you know I grew up in that there. period of time, you know I was sixteen when yeah. the, this sort of thing was happening. You know, almost seventeen. I know what they're talking about and how like Trish has defended that segment and being like, no, I think it actually really built, helped build heat for the match between Vince and Shane. <laughs> Not for me. Um, but it also made like my baby face turn in that match mean all the more mm. when I, I turn on Vince. Because mm. that is, you know, one of the best WrestleMania matches ever, that Vince and Shane match. And um, and like, with some of the most... It's the, the loudest pop I've ever heard with Linda McMahon standing up from a chair. It's one of the most sports entertaining matches yes, yes, ever. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I loved this segment. I loved the meat of this segment. I loved the performances of this segment. I thought this was an absolute home run, and it is my most anticipated match for Night of Champions. Um, I, I echo 95% of what you're saying. I think when I say I have a, a problem with it, 
Unfortunately for me, I thought what Trish, what Trish had to say was really solid. I think the way she said it and the way it was executed, I think she stumbled a bit, which is a rare miss for Trish. But for me, it was it was that Becky comes out looking unbelievable. What I wouldn't give to wear that outfit. Like I just loved every all the glasses. They were great. The hair. It was all. It was amazing. Um, and I big time Bex greater than the man. I will say this forever and ever. Amen. Um, and I thought what Becky said that she was just like you know come on. I'm signing all that stuff was great her promo at the end i agree completely brilliant the the response to you know i put you on the map being sort of like the the idea is of the idea that she said of you know you're not as good as they remember as they remember you being is such a horrible thing for anyone who ages anyone who's done the thing and gone away and come back it, it the, leave things in the past let them let the memories live you know because the memory the is better alone. than the thing yeah literally um so that was a really compelling thing. I just thought Trish's bit was was a good point, but made wonky. You know, it was it was wobbly, and I don't expect that from Trish Stratus. Mm. I think she's been playing this heel character particularly brilliantly. Um, again, maybe I was just in a particularly bad mood today, but um, I, I, w- I was slightly disappointed by that part. I'm looking forward to the match. I'm nervous that what... Um, Becky said, said it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, well, because let's not forget, this, this heel turn began with a very, very sloppy match and a very limp dump on the back of the head. It's also, I mean, you know, it's what happened with the Lisa match in, in Saudi Arabia last year. Oh, which I is was quite good. Uh, we, well, but that's the thing. It was like, but it wasn't, it wasn't amazing. It was like, Lita. Because it's Lita. <laughs> who is my favourite of all time. But like... So I've, I've got a, you know, I thought Trish was look really great at WrestleMania. So I, I think they are going to do some, some really good stuff here. But mm. I, I just, I feel like it's this... There's the match that's had like the best build. Mm. And I think that's why it's my most anticipated match at Night of Champions. I really do think this has been the best mm. built match of the entire card. Because mm. I think Cody and Brock has had its stumbling blocks, although I thought this week's stuff was really good. Mm. The Roman, the, the tag match is not really built between the two teams themselves, but two teams who are having two separate feuds that are now having mm. a match at a pay-per-view. Um, Seth and AJ have had no interactions. It's just, you know, two weeks of sit-down interviews basically saying the same thing on, on, on both weeks so there's just there's a lot of the matches are just like that's eh, that Gunther Ali like, yeah. there's a lot of these are just like that's just this happened. has that's a story just, but this actually has a story and, and stakes and, and a history and, and I, and I, and I yeah. don't want to stamp on a good time I just felt like in this particular segment there was a there was a stumble where I wanted it to be knocked out of the park which I think Becky did I, I this is my favourite thing on the show by, by leaps mm. and bounds I really really liked it mm. um we had a recap of Brock attacking Cody and then Pierce on the phone. And then that's when Saxton said to Raquel and Shotzi, they're a new partnership. And Shotzi said, I'll always have your back. I have to have it. It's what you always show off. <laughs> and Dominic Mysterio took on Apollo Crews. Uh, crowd were not into the match, but were into Rhea. It, it's almost, it's almost as if she's the star. It's almost as if she's the star and she should be having the matches and probably mm. having a bigger feud than just facing Natalia at the pay-per-view. It's so, it's so interesting that the matches, like like your point about the Trish and Becky match is particularly pertinent in, in when it's followed by this match in particular because there has been no build for this match. She's the champion. Either. Yeah. And I think I think it's interesting because I, I spent more time focused on Rhea and thinking about her holding the SmackDown women's title and, and, I, and that she's on Raw and that maybe the title should have different names. Yeah, I, I felt like it was. It, what's frustrating about that is it tells us that nothing matters, because it's hard for if if the matches that we're being presented, and I'm not not even in the in the uh, Luca yeah. of a week ago way, but if if you know this because this isn't one of those where we're telegraphing her next feud, we're telegraphing her current feud, 
but it's not a feud. Like she's not really they've not had much time on this feud. There's no story. There's no whatever. You're telling us that doesn't really matter. The belt she's holding is blue because it belongs to the other brand, which is also being competed on the same show, but with us with two SmackDown stars. Like nothing matters. You're telling us nothing matters, and that's really frustrating. And all of that was happening in my head. Meanwhile, uh, Dominic Mysterio and Apollo Crews had a match. I thought the finish was at least visually cool, mm -hmm. which is that uh, Rhea attacked Apollo on the outside and Apollo just about made the 10 count. Uh, and then Dominic hit this frog splash that was about three quarters oh, yeah. across the ring. Yeah, yeah. Visually very, very impressive. So, so Dom got the win. He is, like, that's three weeks in a mm -hmm. row now that he's won matches. Dom Fire. Gonna take it's, out Gunther. Yeah, I, I think, like, Dom is... is I, I said this before on the show, but I find him to be fascinating because, like, cuts a promo, incredible heat. Bell rings, crowd don't care. Mm. The crowd just want to cheer for Rhea. Yeah. So it's a, it's a weird little partnership. I'm mm. kind of... I'm, sort of fascinated by bring back it. the mixed match challenge that's what i'm saying yeah maybe maybe <laughs> it's not the worst idea in the world um we got uh, the video package for aj styles and then the second rollins promo mm. and this is this one i did take issue with because seth said <laughs> i was never picked to be the guy this video or this interview had multiple shots of him holding and they even said this every single title in wwe mm. including winning the first nxt tournament to yes. win the first nxt championship that's what i said i was never picked to be the guy because except for the storyline where you were handpicked by the authority because he was always picked as the guy yeah. like when the shield came up it was him and roman yeah like dean was the the third wheel up there and it was like well once the i remember the people at the time being like i don't know what's gonna happen with ambrose mm. once this group splits because romans they you know this whole group is built to get roman over mm. But Seth is also going to be fine because he's a Triple H guy. He's a Triple H pick. He was always picked to be the guy. Mm. And yeah, he's been like, man, I was never, I, I need to win this belt because I've never been picked to be the guy. Yeah. Says the man who's probably going to win the first World Heavyweight Championship this week because he's the hand-picked guy. And who has also held the World Championship, the Universal Championship, like the NXT, all of the other championships. What I found interesting about this segment, um, and again, this is where I tie it into the Cody thing, which mm -hmm. is that I think Seth believes the stuff he's saying. Like, not so much, with, it moved on from the I wasn't picked to be this guy into, into something else. I can't quite remember exactly what it was. You've probably written it down. Uh, no, I've got his. I mean, that's video page because it's something he's wanted since he was a child. Right. I believe that he believes in himself, and I believe that he believes in, in the idea of, like, I'm got to make this happen and, and you know he has the conviction and that's something that we need to be able to buy into him and i appreciate that he, that he sells that an awful lot i think what's really interesting is that cody was never pegged to be the guy and he is the guy you know yeah i, I that's where I, I see a contrast between these two and, and this this it, it, it it's you know it's frustrating when would he, he tells us something that is demonstrably not true um I could potentially buy into that, but also, yeah, like his character is, I'm a revolutionary, like I am, I'm the guy. Mm. But then to be like, I was never picked to be the guy. I was like, Man, you, 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 you very much were. Yeah. And like it's, it's, uh, it's almost like if, again, I, I, we said this earlier. Cody had cut this promo. You'd be like, oh, I totally believe that. Well, this is the thing. I think, I think that in everything that Seth has done, he he totally has the conviction and believes it. I think what's a shame here is that this this segment kind of pulled away from the character. That he's been building over the past year the sort of like a bit um unhinged um cackling mm. big drip drip <laughs> yeah um so i think that it I, I, and, and unfortunately reminds me of of his like white me baby face run with with the universal title and you're right if cody pulled cody cody would have pulled this off seth was never able to quite do that the reason he's pushed his way back to the top is because he he did so well with this particular character 
and this one stripped away from it a little bit which I thought was a shame yeah uh, and uh, they announced next week will be qualifying matches for Money in the Bank, as well as this uh, Saturday. It's a triple main event. Nonsense! If you have three main events, it's no main event. It's that's such. That's, a... Otherwise, it's what's. If every match is a main event, no match is the main event. I was about to say then it's it's a total Vince thing. Mm. Like it's a, it's funny, you know, the, the first two pay per views that Vince is back for. It is like the whole like double main event at Backlash. Now a triple main event here. It's a very Vince thing. Triple H also believes it as well yeah. because Triple H was used to argue uh, argued with Punk. It's like, well, you were one of the main events when you faced uh, the Undertaker. Um, you and I will be one of the main events of WrestleMania. You have been in the main events yeah. of WrestleMania. It's not the same. It's not the same. And I think anyone with you know a, a working mind would know that. Yeah. But I think I think Triple H does buy into that Kool Aid. Mm. Uh, and our main events, wrestling wise, was Imperium taking on Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle. This was given quite a bit of time. And uh, they built to the the you know it worked over Riddle to build to the Sami Zayn hot tag, and then oh no, so they built to the Owens hot tag, and then they worked over Owens to build to the Sami Zayn hot tag. Everyone did their moves. Um, and then Riddle takes out uh, Gunther at ringside, and Zayn hit the Haluva kick on Vinci. Now Owens hit the Swanton bomb for the win. Fun main event yeah. um, that uh, did not build the tag match for this weekend, <laughs> did not build Gunther versus Ali, did not build Imperium as tag team challengers, but did build Matt Riddle versus Gunther. Yeah. So it did achieve at least something, and I, and I, and I had fun with it. That's a great characterization of it, because I wrote down, I'm genuinely excited by the idea of Gunther and Riddle, like a strike fest sounds great. Yeah, sounds I'm great. That, I'm into that match. Me too. Um, I loved the sequence of Sammy chasing Vinci to get the Haluva kick. That was great. That was a really nice touch. It, it felt like that, <laughs> because of the momentum they both had, It felt, and he turned around into it, it felt like that was a kick from from hell. Um, and then uh, I, I, I kind of found myself thinking, like, it's a shame that for this tag team title reign, because spoilers for my predictions... I'm going with Roman and Solo to win the titles and Night of Champions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's a shame Sammy and KO have spent their tag title feud or tag title run mired in bloodline storyline because I would have loved to have watched yeah. them. I think, I think they are a brilliant tag team and I would have loved to have watched them go on a run defending the tag titles against various different teams, mixing it up, seeing what chemistry we've got, you know, defending these titles really being in the tag team because it's important that we get them both back as single wrestlers to to really develop this world heavyweight championship uh scene um so yeah that, that it's interesting the way you categorize it you're dead right to say that it, it was a, a fun match that promoted the one thing that's not on at the weekend well in theory yes unless, uh, Pete, unless pete's right unless pete is right and let's be honest he often is <laughs> um yeah i i I, I kind of get what you mean about Owens and Zane, but it's like I've, I've sort of come to a bit of a realization, and I, I came to this later uh, than I probably should have done. You know, because I've said this to a few people, and we're like, "Yeah, where have you been?" Of course, this was always going to be the case. I really did think that the Bloodline storyline was going to push Owens and Zane into the stratosphere, and I thought that was really going to get them over. Particularly when they got their big win at WrestleMania in the main event, the mm. actual main event. And it was of, huge. It was a great match. Huge, great match, and the actual main event of WrestleMania. I thought this is going to be a great moment for them, but they are just background actors to the bloodline which yeah. is the actual main event they were just they were just parts of that mm. they weren't actually they weren't the main event they were just part of a main event that's really about roman and his cousins and so i think that's a shame and i think that's been shown then on tv because they have not felt as over as they did 3 months ago mm. and that's because they've not really been given anything to do they just feuded with the Usos 
again, but it didn't mean as much because you did the big payoff at WrestleMania. Yeah. And then they've been feuding with Roman and Solo, a feud that they have said on multiple times, I don't know why we're doing this feud. And then they're not on the they're not really doing segments together either, apart from the one on SmackDown. Mm. So it just feels like it's a nothing match. It's a shame. So they haven't had like the story mm. for them to get to. And maybe like once we get out of Night of Champions and they go into something with Judgment Day, maybe that's when we can actually just let them flourish and they can be an actual main events mm. act. But we'll see. But, that, you know, we said this with Backlash. We've just got to get through Backlash <laughs> and then we can get on the rest of it. Well, we'll just have to get through Night of Champions and then we can get to the rest of it. Yeah, I, I personally don't see them going any further. Like, I, I, for me, it's like the, these belts are... They've hit a ceiling. It's not, it's not that much they've hit a ceiling because I think they haven't hit the potential that they could have hit if they were separated from the Bloodline storyline. I just don't. It's just that it, it's it's the idea that they're ever going to not be in the bloodline storyline with these belts is kind of a. I don't I don't see it. I don't see Roman and Solo losing personally. I mean, you said this in you know, the, the predictions um, we were talking about them earlier. I mean, yeah. Like you know, like I thought, Cracky, if they win, like what do we get then? Just Kevin and Sammy go for the belts again? Mm, I don't see it. I personally, I see them. I see them going back into the into the world heavyweight title scene or, or doing something else. Man, if that, if they just if that's it, and then they just. And this is what makes me look at it and go like, this wasn't the plan. This wasn't Triple H's plan. Uh, like, uh, and, and I know that makes me feel like I know. I, I know you, you. Everyone, everyone hates Triple H except Dan. Layton, no, 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 no. I think it was the plan. I don't know because I, I think so much of the plan changed because they kept the belts on Roman. On, uh, on Roman. And, oh, I see what you're saying. I think, I think the bloodline storyline was going to go in a different direction. Um, and it was going to free Sammy and KO up a little bit, and they would have gone on. They would probably lost the title. They would have had a little run, but they would have lost the titles. But um, because the storyline has changed and they've had to adapt to fit what keeping Roman as a champion, um, that changed what the plan was. And I think that this, this, this was the plan. Yeah. yeah I, okay. I get that point. I, yeah. I always thought, yeah, Sammy and Kevin winning at Mania felt like that was the plan. Oh, that to, was the plan. That was the plan since Survivor Series. That was the plan. I, yeah. Absolutely. That's what I mean. I mean, everything about Triple H, that's why I'm, I think that it's Vince's uh, meddling that has changed the post WrestleMania uh -huh. plans because everything, everything leading up to WrestleMania main event, the final three count, hit the plan perfectly everything hit the plan and except for that three count and that's what makes me go this wasn't what was supposed to happen but we're but we're making the, the creative team are making the best of a bad situation uh well speaking of the three count i gave this episode three out of five i gave it a two unfortunately i don't like being a negative nancy but i thought this show was kind of uh dead i thought this was it yeah it, it, it was the same level of mid that a, that a lot of episodes of raw uh but i i really enjoyed the cody stuff uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed the Cody angle, and as I said, I, I loved that that Trish and Becky segment. I thought that was awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, if you are one of our Patreon pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, you get your name read out on this podcast. Tomorrow is Wednesday. You know what that means. It is the latest episode of WrestleTalk Extra, which is Ollie Davis and myself reviewing a classic pay-per-view. Um, this one is, I think, maybe three and a half hours long. They tend to run sort of like between three and four hours long. They usually are longer than the pay-per-view itself. Um, <laughs> and we do big dive. We read the old Wrestling Observers and the figure fours from that time. And we go into a big dive, like, you know, what was happening around that time. And this month's episode is TNA Sacrifice 2009, our main, our main event of Jeff Jarrett versus Sting versus Kurt Angle versus the TNA champion Mick Foley Ooh. in an ultimate sacrifice match where everyone is sacrificing something in order to be in the match. Nice. Jeff Jarrett is putting up his voting shares in the company. Yeah. 
Kurt Angle is putting up his godfathership <gasps> of the main event mafia. Sting is putting his career up. <gasps> and Mick Foley is putting the TNA Championship. What a massive sacrifice that. But no one knew until the finish of the match that it's only if you get pinned do you lose the thing that you were putting ah. up. So Sting pins Kurt Angle, but does not win the TNA Championship, right. but does win the main event Mafia Godfathership. And there's this ripple through the crowd of like, ah, oh, <laughs> oh, is that what the gimmick of the match was? That's, uh, that's I mean, that's Triple H, that's, triple H, that's uh, TNA oh, it's 2009 T in a nutshell. It's TNA all over and we had a great time watching mm. it uh, so yeah go and check that out it's available tomorrow over at patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk if you're one of our 25 dollar and above patreon play champions you get your name read out on the show like these fine people rue the day ruari o'brien kelly the aztec warrior hector rodriguez hannah a baby wheeling and dealing stephen everett the turtleneck's tyrant christian cooper star wars wrestling j.s Ten. The Eco Warrior Brian. Acknowledge him. Roman Dietrich. Enter Sam Man, Sam Register. Burley, Rob Burwell. Raw's Ambassador. Raw's brand ambassador, Redman2490. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class on the 23rd of May, PCW's inspiration, Preston. Thank you all so much for your wonderful Whee! submissions uh, and contributions to Patreon. Thank you all so, so much. There's excellent content being there into your RSS feed every single Wednesday, as well as early access to Monday Night War, the booking podcast that Pete and I do as well. Um, uncut versions of survival series. There's loads of great stuff over there. Early access to how Adam would book. Mm. So go and check that out over at patreon.com forward slash rest talk. Um, into the rest of your ultra chats ding 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 this is your last call for the ultra chats also please do uh, get a vote in our poll about what you thought of raw matthew crozier says hi lads thanks for making being laid up with a back injury more bearable thought raw was okay looks like they're making uh, they're marking an out for cody to lose though so that a rivalry has to continue for cody to win again finish it i beg you to finish it so we put up a poll earlier asking does this character work if Cody is champion? Yes, 54%. No, 45%. That's tight. That is basically a 50-50 split. That's so interesting. That's, yeah, it's tight. Um, Tim Mullen uh, says, uh, do you see Cammy, uh, Sammy and Kevin winning on Saturday with Roman being the one pinned, which keeps Solo strong and could lead to Roman doubting himself and eventually losing belts? We'll discuss this on tomorrow's podcast because we'll have our predictions for Night of Champions going up tomorrow. So I will we'll save that for then. But we do dive into that, Tim, quite a bit. Mm. So mm. I, I hope you enjoy that. Um, Daquan G has been a member for 20 months in a row, says, get a life, kid. That popped me so much. Uh, Gar Monroe says, my first live stream in ages off work due to viral tonsillitis. Oh. Piped in crowd plus Kevin Pease. This isn't Canada's next top model. This is WWE. Aside, this was a good roar. Please swap KP for Vic. I now get what Dan means about him. Welcome to the big time, bitch. Woof, woof. Yep. 
I'll uh, I'll take over from KP. I don't mind. I've got time. Shout out to to you with your viral tonsillitis, and shout out to Matthew yeah, Crosby with the back injury. It's it's very much the uh, the injured list we're we're with today. It's which like WWE women's division right yeah. now with Liv Morgan. Actually, well, I say W women in general. Yeah, Mercedes getting injured. Yeah. Jamie Hater injured as well. It's a real rough time. Good luck, everybody. Get better. Absolutely. Stay safe out there. Uh, Charles Berg has been a memo for 24 months in a row. Happy two years to you. Says, I've got a favor to ask the chat slash anybody who will be at Saturday's watch along party for Night of Champions. After the second match, please chant, Charles Berg sucks. Thank you kindly. I'm pretty sure Charles was trying to get this started at the Clash of Champions, uh, Clash of the Castle uh, watch along as well. and did not take off. Self-flagellation. You don't want to do that. Maybe this time it will, Charles. Who knows? Maybe this time the crowd will chant, Charles Berg sucks. So if you're watching this and you are coming this Saturday, uh, there you go. You've got your orders from Charles Berg. If you haven't already, please do get your tickets. There are only a handful available left for our Night of Champions Ooh, watching on party. That's fun, isn't it? That'd be so much fun. I'm really just ticket in town. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to you it. Know, my, you know, um, all of my family are going to be in uh, town because Stockport County are in the playoff finals and I'm on the other end of town. <laughs> I'm like, bye! <laughs> Uh, Jimmy G has been a member for 20 months in a row said I've got my ticket for Saturday I can't wait to see you guys although I'm coming on my own plot twist Triple H sent a text to Brock it's revenge for the throne I think Jimmy that would be referencing something that happened in a different company and I don't <laughs> think they're going to do that however hey, hey, it doesn't matter that you're coming on your own because you know you're going to be yeah. amongst friends you walk in on your own once you're in there you're not if you anyone know. sees Jimmy G just go and, che- go and have a chat because I'm sure you're going to have a great time. We're all like-minded wrestling fans there, so it's going to be a great time, Jimmy. I mean, you're going to have a brilliant time. Uh, Yorkmaster53 says, Dan is always dressed to impress, but I want to take five bucks out of my bank account to show appreciation for Luke's fit. Keep it up, man. Oh, thank you, guys. You're getting your own brand of drip. But, you know, it's like... Between I, this one and the floral shirt, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm, I was saying this before we came on air. I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to be a bit better about myself. Yeah. I'm trying to make myself look a bit more presentable these days. Yeah. These days. It's because working. I, because I, I haven't in the past. Mm. I'm trying to be probably the father I want to be. Oh. Well, my, my child to look up to me and then be like, oh, my dad's cool. Yeah. As opposed to me, I was like, oh, my dad looks like he did when he was 14 years old. <laughs> my dad's going to a Blink-182 concert every day. <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't have got to Blink One Eight Two concert because um, hot, hot take. They were okay. My friend, my friend has a Blink One Eight Two tattoo here, yeah. and I always bully him about it. Not because <laughs> Blink One Eight Two is bad, because the tattoo is questionable, and is that's the, coming from someone with a tramp stamp. Is it the smiley face logo? No, one? it's the it's the three. It looks oh, like the take lines. off, take off your pants and jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I would argue the worst of the the Blink albums because um, I, I, hey, look, I was listening to Christina Aguilera. I can't help anybody. I think Enema of the State is pretty good yeah. for 1999. <laughs> I think Take Off Your Pants and Jacket... 1999 was a good year for music. It really was. It was a great year. It was a, the, probably the best year. Corn's Issues came out the same year. So just Slipknot's debut album. It's a great year. Um, but I, I, I don't think Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was as good of a follow-up. Uh, and I've told the story about Blink-182 before, but I saw them play Reading Festival in 2000. Oh, yeah. And they came out on stage and went, We're here to F your moms! And the crowd went, Way! That's hilarious! Really, really funny. I then saw them in 2004 and they came out and said, We're here to F your moms! I'm like, Oh, you're the same, same act. Band. The same act. Uh, Jambeard has been a member for 18 months in a row, said, Raw sounded very... Yeah, I haven't actually watched it in almost two years now. In other news, you guys need to do Blood on the Clock Tower with <laughs> SRS or at the very least on no rolls barred. Uh, yeah, it's interesting when you when you haven't watched it for a while and then you come back and it's like, oh, oh, 
Okay. Which is so, because every now and again you get an absolute gold show. Do you know what I mean? And if you, oh, when it's good, it's so good. Mm. It's like Edinburgh of the State. When it's good, it's really good. What's this last one? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just wanted to read this out from uh, Hector. Dan has a tramp stamp. I want to get that one covered up. Well, I see the thing is I thought about I have thought about getting it covered up in the past and then I realize it's much funnier this way. <laughs> it's way funnier. And if people are having a bad day, I, I tend to show them and remind them that it could be worse. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, the tattoo I've got on my arm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 that, yeah. That, you know, that is, hey, I was 18 and I could get a tattoo. That was mine too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the tattoo I've got that's like, oh, yep, yeah, that was very much a tattoo an 18-year-old Luke Owen would get. <laughs> Uh, and Scott Peden says, uh, so good seeing the Professor Dan Layton on our screen. Keep up the great work, lads. Raid that raid and jam that jam. Uh, we're just going to end the poll so we can find out what you all thought of this episode of Raw. Uh, and it is mid 51% thumbs up, 31 thumbs down, 16. Oh, that's a, that's a, I mean, I'm glad everyone else had a great time. It's mid, you know, but pointing upwards. I mean, it was right. It was this way. I'd say it's bang in bang mid. But that's all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. Please do you press the subscribe button. This is your first time here and you've made it this far. Give us a little thumbs up as well. Just if you just before you click off, just press the thumbs up button. It helps out press possibly. it. Do you know what? There's twelve hundred people here. Press it. All of you. Press it right now. Press it. Press it. Now. No, and you, you you we don't see you. You. Now. Thank uh you. And also, while you're there, please do uh, check out this episode's sponsor, Raid Shadow Legends. Scan this QR code that's on screen right now to get your copy of Raid Shadow Legends and check out the new animated limited series that is available in the game that expands out all of the lore about the game. So go and check that out. Um, and yeah, if not, we'll see you on Saturday. But we're back tomorrow. It's a busy old weekend on the rest of the podcast. Mm. We're back tomorrow. It's almost like there's a massive couple of shows at the weekend. Yeah, no, just We're back tomorrow with predictions for Night of Champions. Then on Thursday, it'll be the AEW Dynamite review, and there'll be predictions for Double or Nothing. Come on, weekend. Then on Saturday, it is the live watch-along party for Night of Champions down at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery. Tickets are available. Please do click the link in the video description down below. But we'll be doing live stream reactions from the pub itself. So you can I can't watch, wait. So you can watch that along with us. And then on Sunday, there will be a review of Night of Champions. And then Tempest and Adam Blompier will be doing live reactions to AEW's Double or Nothing. And then on Monday... There will be a review of AEW Double or Nothing by Ollie Davis and the Professor Dan Layton. I'm hopping brands. It is a busy old week here on the Rest of the Podcast, so please do press the subscribe button and enable notifications to know when we go live so you can join in all of the great conversations. Thank you to the 45 of you that did press the thumbs up button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been tracking it. <laughs> so petty what do you mean that's petty that's good that's a good thing (laughs) two people have rejected two people have retracted theirs (laughs) thank you so much that's so much fun that's really made my night love you all Uh, we will see you tomorrow take care everyone I've been Luke Owen D.A.D. that has been the Professor Dan Layton Jam That Jam Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.